to you live from South Loop's finest. You already know what it is. This is the Body Boys podcast. And we got nothing but illustrious guests in the building. Shut the fuck up. No, that's not these Romero <laughs> shit. But uh, welcome back to the show, my co-host. Introduce yourself. <laughs> Your boy's gone one week and y'all forgot about me. Now, you know who it is. My name is uh, Ernesto Gonzalez and I'm your co-host. Ernesto, Nathan Cordero on the building. We are back. The dynamic duo. No, that's not our nickname. That's, that's nah, nah, we're the body boys. We're the body boys. We're the body, the body boys. boys are back. Yeah. Nah, man. It's uh, dude. It's it's been a long two weeks for me, man. Mm-hmm. Shit. It's been a long two months. That's real. <laughs> but it's been a long year. Yeah. <laughs> it's been twenty six years. Now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Honestly, like, you know, um, sometimes life gets uh. You gotta do some shit and and doesn't line up and i gotta do things for work but i'm back uh i told you bro i fell asleep last night at 8 p.m yeah and i i woke up at like 6 30 and i was just in my bed watching tiktok but it was like the <laughs> first time in a long time where i was like physically exhausted like yeah. i got home and i i ate a torta with my mom and we just talked. Then I went up to my bed and I was just laying. I was just trying to I hit up one of my friends and be like, because I think he was back in town. So I was like, yo, you, you were in town? He's like, nah. Yeah. And then that was the last text I sent. <laughs> and I just fell asleep. Damn. And then I woke up to like, yo, like, you want to, you want to, we're at this house slide. And I was like, damn. That's how you know, like, you, you're going through a week when it's like a Friday and you just pass out and you just miss anything past like 8 p.m. <laughs> any social activity, any friendship, anything. Bro, I missed out on two parties last night. Uh, I probably would have gone to like one of them at least, but yeah, I was just, I was tired. And I woke up and like, I look out and I see the sun like barely coming out. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah, like, I was that tired, you know, but. It's good, man. It's good. You know, I think um, all all this work is is for. I have a purpose for it, so I'm very excited. And it's tiring, like like physically, but mentally, spiritually, all that good stuff. I'm like focused right now, so um, it, it's not even hitting me that hard in terms of like the draining portion of it. I was just tired, you know. But this now is- that I'm recharged, like I'm I'm back at it. For sure. I mean, that's some of the best work when uh when you're about to stay strong you get a little tired tired on there but you're like nah i'm sharp i'm focused i'm ready to go yeah man yeah but um you know we we were going to talk about some like financial stuff today um but like on the drive here i was just thinking about the last like couple weeks and like i realized like i'm making like a lot of sacrifices uh personally and i was like okay you know that's a good topic for today um like sacrifices what what does that mean to me what does it mean to you what does it mean to us you know um so you know i kind of want to bring it back to when we first started right mm-hmm. you know when we first like met each other where we were at and kind of the sacrifices we made that there um and how some panned out and some didn't um but why we chose why do we choose the things that we choose right like Mm-hmm. And, and how that affects our life in the long run and then going moving forward like how do we view sacrifices as a whole because you know it's it's a big topic you know um 100 so you know when 
we're looking at uh 2020 is that what i fuck yes yeah All right summer 2020 i meet this guy and you know you you get hired at the job we were at uh i mean not to say it like as bluntly as it is but you were there just to like do laborious shit I was a laborer. Yeah. That's what I always tell people. Yeah. I got hired on to be a laborer. Yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with that, obviously. Yeah. But, bro, then we just gave you the, the shittiest shit. Like, <laughs> the, shittiest the shittiest shit. shit. Like, we need to put that on a t shirt. But, bro, like, go pick up this box from that old lady in this random neighborhood. Oh, by the way, you don't have a car, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you you still took it like a champ, bro. So tell me why why did you do that? For sure, I think twenty twenty is a year. It was a lot of sacrifices made all over. A lot of that was pandemic related. Um, and to be honest, that's kind of I felt there was no other option really than to sacrifice. Uh, just to give my like back on context, we've talked a little bit about a little bit about on the show previously, but it's end of 2019. I'm graduating. I get my degree finally in uh, December. And then the pandemic hasn't come yet. And I don't know what's going to come. So in my head, I was like, let me, the world is mine. You know, I'm that, I'm that young, I'm that young kid fresh out of college and uh, I could do what I want. So my like original plan was to, stay stay in columbia missouri where i was at college for an additional six months more so to save money but after that go like literally wherever there was no plan to come back to chicago there was no plan to go work in nonprofit. i hadn't really considered nonprofit at all i didn't really know much about nonprofit. like i knew what a 501c3 was but i didn't know much about what it meant to work at a nonprofit, what the industry looked like, what it looked like in Chicago. And honestly, my really, my goals were to go to a major city that wasn't Chicago. I wanted to be in a New York or in LA and even considered, you know, some smaller cities too. I considered going to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And when I was putting all those applications in and just the pandemic actually hit, and I got all the rejection letters, all the, the positions closed. Like, we're not going to hire anybody for this position. That's really what it was. Yeah. Most of the places I applied to were telling me the pandemic came. We can't hire nobody anymore. So for me, it, I had reset and it became ultimate sacrifice. And with that in mind, then I had to figure out what makes sense. And it didn't make sense to stay in a college town. That was for sure. Because if you think pandemic hits major cities hard, uh, a place where there's only like 100,000 people and it's like very much built around small businesses mm-hmm. and a couple big businesses, mm-hmm. like you're sure there's like Walmart and stuff like that. But outside of that, it's very much small businesses. They really can't survive the type of losses that happened in 2020. So yeah. it felt it felt like everywhere I was getting shut down. Like I lost my job in 2020 that I had that had been a very stable, secure job my entire time until the pandemic. So the sacrifice first was to to decide to come back home, to come to Chicago. But even when I applied to work in my block, my, my city, 
I didn't really think I liked I liked the idea of the job. Like I like the idea of working at the organization. I should say that. But the actual job itself from where my mind is at, I thought it was beneath me. I like I'm not beneath putting in hard work or beneath labor, but in my head I was I was thinking I should be shooting for hire, but given the circumstances if this is what happens, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people that when, once I actually made the decision to start applying jobs in Chicago more so, not not speaking on those previous jobs I was applying for that were getting shut down all over, I applied to a good 30 jobs and that was the only job that called me back. Mm-hmm. The only job that contacted me, not not even for like to hire me, like to interview me. Mm-hmm. So, you know... <laughs> What, the slim pickings so then yeah, i was yeah. like well i guess uh here's where we're gonna go and i remember i was actually making a lot of money at the time just because working in the moving industry which, which is what i was doing prior you get a lot of tips but i remember telling my coworkers, yeah i'm gonna go, i'm gonna leave y'all to go work a non-profit and they were like does that even pay bro like you're gonna be broke <laughs> <laughs> and i was like no nah, they pay money but we'll figure it out yeah and so then I make the move, but the way I looked at it was, all right, this doesn't have to be like a long-term thing. And I don't think anybody at the time really understood how, how long the world was going to be shut down, yeah. how long any of this stuff was going to go on. Uh-huh. There was no vaccines at the time. There was no nothing. Um, we were very much, I remember waiting in line, like, I remember coming back to Chicago and waiting in line for like three hours just to get a COVID test. Yep. And like on the north side, not, like in a nice neighborhood. Yeah, I remember that, bro. Um, but so with all that in mind, there wasn't really any flashing opportunities. So so I looked at the job as got to perform well and you know just take it like a champ. Yeah, dude. Uh, I I remember when uh the application went out it is because the job that you got hired for was my previous job on mm-hmm. paper on paper you know yeah um i've been i was doing marketing already for like six months or so officially but i was like nah like i need to change the actual title of my job on paper and i need to stop being kind of the go-to person when when uh help is needed you know so i just told uh told him hey this is what i want and my last event will be uh that we, we did a, a march for george floyd um so like, that's my last event and i'm not gonna like i'm just not i put in my time like we can figure it out we have the funds and, and they're like, all right cool you got hired like july 4th i think somewhere around there right yeah first day of july 6th yeah so I was like, okay, but so that's that's where we're going with, um, and yeah, I mean, dude, like we, we just sent you to do everything that like I didn't want to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I took it as like I already sacrificed, you know, six, no, well, probably no, like a year, worth of like doing that job while doing marketing, and I was like, okay. I got, I sacrificed and now it's time to speak up for myself and, and move up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you did it and you did that for a year and change. Mm-hmm. 
almost a year and a half actually yeah uh where you were in that role mm-hmm. um even though you were helping me out more than you were doing that role to be honest yeah by the end of it for sure yeah like out the marketing efforts that we did at that organization grew exponentially after you joined because now i had some help mm-hmm. i was like oh this guy's a communications major like let me hit him up because i'm sure he can do some of the shit that like i can't do for sure um so we work together we grow everything and in my head again logically it makes sense like okay you help me you help grow this together uh the need will come out like that and then you get you should get promoted to or at least switch departments over right mm-hmm. uh and then it doesn't happen yeah, yeah. so i kind of want to go through that because you sacrificed again a lot in staying in that role of quote-unquote labor i mean your title was community organizer but in that organization basically means like go pick up stuff mm-hmm. go take down stuff go meet up with this person like there's nothing like formal about it but I mean, we were doing everything right, but then you didn't get promoted or switched over to my department. Like, how, mm-hmm. how, how did that feel? That, uh, it was confusing. Uh, it really hurt. Um, I think in my professional career, that was probably the first time where I was just like, oh, I was just like, that was the first time I felt like fucked over, like professionally, I guess, uh, more to speak. Just because, you know, all the jobs I worked previously was like, oh, you work temp- a temporary role. You know, it's like you work at Pop Valley. You like, don't get me wrong, there's growth to Pop Valley, but like I wasn't really looking for it just because I knew I was there to work part time. And a lot of other jobs I had, even stuff that was comms related previously was like I was an assistant type person. I was an intern type person where I knew like the room for growth wasn't really like there, but you were just more so doing it to get some experience. Um, But it's weird because something I, something i've talked about uh with a few friends recently even is that when you're in a marketing role especially um really more so when you're in a strongly public facing organization which the organization is and was um not only do does not only does should your coworkers see what you're doing because it's part of the branding of the organization but literally the, the entire city, the entire state, and in some cases, parts of the world see what you're doing, especially when you're doing something something like social media and building an audience. So it's weird to get to see, to have that data to back it up, seeing like, oh, our audience is growing. We're building a bigger platform. Um, I remember when I started at the organization, our social media audience was a lot smaller and then grew to just under 200,000 around the time that I left um, across platforms. And that's really big when you think about it being just a Chicago nonprofit. A charity. Yeah. A charity. It's, uh, having that type of audience as a charity, there's only a few. And those few happen to be animal related because yeah, yeah, puppies, normally. puppies sell that. <laughs> like... Like That's and, the thing. you know those type of pages definitely grow, but in terms of the the work that we uh, we did, it was like it was unheard of. Yeah, I mean it's really huge when you're not a global company, and the yeah. the aim wasn't to be a global company. Um, but not only that, I was I was very well recognized 
I consider myself a face of the organization and I'm not saying that to like toot my own horn, but I was very much a public facing person, uh, at a lot of programming, at a lot of events. People still call me this day thinking I work there. Um, I got a voicemail like last week about something. I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I can't help you. I don't, I don't work there no more. Mm -hmm. Um, but not only that, you know, nonprofits so directly tied to fundraising. And even though fundraising wasn't really my job description, I was one of our best fundraisers by far. Um, so I felt like I'd shown my worth on the marketing side with, you know, just all that audience growth. I'd shown my worth by l developing an entirely new program that didn't exist. And I showed my work by bringing in close to $100,000 in a calendar year and still pushing into that next year to push even more money until I left. So when that, uh, when that change didn't happen the way I thought it would. And, uh, you know, the, at the time, uh, boss just hit me with the, uh, Oh, here's this little, this little chunk change promotion. Mm -hmm. You're staying in your role. Mm -hmm and tells me that social media is not a job i was like wow i was like all, it was just like you, you put in all this sacrifice yeah and uh i remember telling you this just because uh i think as a as a young person i like to talk in meme culture a lot yeah is is i kept putting in more and more work and more and more time passed it felt like that clown meme where you keep putting on more and more oh. makeup and then you realize oh you're <laughs> a fucking you are a fucking clown for thinking that they were going to help you and support you and help you out and they didn't end up uh, having your back. Uh, so yeah, that shit really hurt me. I ain't gonna lie. Um, but it hurt me, but at the same time, it gave me the peace of mind to be like, now I know that I did everything I can do here. I've shown my worth. I've proven myself. So if there's no opportunity for me here, then it's time to leave. So this is why I brought this up, bro. Because I think oftentimes when we do these type of sacrifices... That, we're not talking one month, two months, three months. We're talking a year-long sacrifice of your paycheck, your time, your effort, everything, right? Mm -hmm. And it still didn't pan out. Now, mm -hmm. a lot of people, a lot of people would say, huh, this is it. Whatever. Fuck it. You took a different approach. You said, okay, well, I know I don't deserve this, but I know I can earn it. And you quit. Yeah. You quit the job and said, you know what? I can find a better opportunity out there. And guess what? You did. Yeah. And to me, that was a huge, like, even moment for me. And it's not even my life. But for me, it was like, that's why I, I, I fuck with you so hard. Because you didn't say after you were shot down, oh, let me re, like, appeal my case. Like, no. You know what? Fuck it. If this is not for, for me, whatever. I will find my opportunity out there. And you did. And it, and it paid dividends, I, I, I would yeah. say. And I think that's where I'm heading with this. Um, even though you know that you have earned the right to be where you want to be and you still didn't get it, that didn't stop you from keeping, you know, following that, that goal in your life. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I definitely try to instill as much as I can of that type of mentality in the youth that I work with because um, the short-term gratitude um, versus, you know, long-term success 
is often at play with a lot of the youth that I work with. Um, you know, they do like they study for a week and they've never done that. And then they get the test and they still get a C and they're like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. And now I'm like, that's just not how it works. That's like, not the story of life. That's not how it works. You know, studying for a week does not automatically mean you're going to get a B or an A. Uh, it, it's, it's building the habits of like learning throughout, you know, the year and picking up on how you best study. So all these things, all these sacrifices that people make don't automatically result in the, the, the fruits of your labor coming true. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, man. So, you know, don't get me wrong when that happened. I, I, I remember this beginning of the year of this year, beginning of this year. Yeah. The beginning yeah. of this year. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, shit, this motherfucker is going to leave. Like in the back of my head, like, like I know you're not going to be content here. And you know, probably what, two months later, maybe less. Yeah. I was, uh, out like six weeks later i yeah. think seven weeks yeah yeah so and that's good it's good that you did that i think for your own personal growth but also for your own personal worth you know um yeah i mean i think uh not to cut you off but just in general it gets instilled in a lot of a lot of black and brown people if they just keep sacrificing they keep showing up every day working the uh they're eventually gonna get that recognized they're eventually gonna get that praise and you know in some cases that does happen um you know my uh my partner for example her dad has been able to move up to the top of his company and has that hard-working immigrant background and is now like a top of the company when he started off at the bottom mm -hmm. but even so that's like 30 years of like work mm -hmm. but you know now society moves so much faster so my thing is uh not say that our parents are wrong or that old wisdom but in the career in the career space more so with uh with jobs careers and just different opportunities if if you show your worth and it's not there then what else is there to you, for you to do you know in my case it was it was 18 months but i think I looked at it as a bigger thing than just me leaving. Um, Cause when I looked at the organization, I didn't look at the organization as just like the organization. I looked at a lot of the issues that I was seeing as very regular in like black and brown communities where we, we tell ourselves like, Oh, maybe one day they're going to give us that promotion and see all the work we're doing. Or maybe one day they're going to pay us our fair respect. But when I was seeing that it wasn't there for not just me, but other people too, and also at the time, the entire time I'd been there, I'd never seen anybody quit. Uh, yeah, no. So I looked at it as like, <laughs> all right, I'm not just quitting for myself. Uh, yeah, you were the first one. I'm not just quitting for myself here. And I know I'll be fine because I know I'll be able to get another opportunity, um, which ended up happening. But if I'm able to inspire somebody else who because my situation at the organization wasn't unique. There was other people in very similar situations. If I'm going to inspire somebody else to go shoot for the stars and go find themselves another opportunity that's bigger and more meant for them, uh, so be it. Um, and I think that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So when you did that, um, again, you, you told me and 
I'm assuming I was the first person you told. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, oh, shit. It's about to go down. And then you let everybody else know. I thought, okay, well, I got to I gotta pivot it and figure my own shit out, too. You know, so kind of going back to the, the theme of sacrifices, you know, I think um, for me personally, like, I realized that I wanted to implement my own ideas, very long-term ideas. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the only way to truly do that is to bet on myself now. And I'm a gambler. You know that. <laughs> yeah, we do. I, I like gambling. And, you know, I was like, okay, I've sacrificed a lot to learn a lot. Don't get me wrong. I learned a shit ton in the last four years of my professional career. I've connected with a lot of people. I've I've met a lot of different people with a lot of different backgrounds that have taught me a lot about this industry, about the way in Chicago. So now it's like, okay, I want to make more sacrifices, but now it's for me, for me and my vision. Mm-hmm. So when I left, at, at first, my first thought was, let me go make bank. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me go corporate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, bro, like, the more I, I talked with my friend uh, and my and my colleague and my co I mean it's only two of us so it's, you know my, my co-founder Ray all you one colleague yeah <laughs> um the moral was like oh, we should jump on this and he was like bro it's just us two like it's it's I support you you support me and and the ideas that I have we bounce it off of each other and now it's like he's very uh we're both very like ambitious and we're both very blunt. So I was like, okay, I, I can work with this. And we've been friends for a co- couple years now. Um, but shit, man, the last f- three, four months, whatever it's been, uh, yeah, I see this man more than I see my mom. So we jumped on it. We bet on ourselves and, and we started our nonprofit. And now it's like, now I'm making more sacrifices. Like I said, I'm physically drained out every week mm. but i'm always motivated now for sure you know and, and those are the type of sacrifices that i want now mm-hmm. you know i love meeting like I, now it's it's do or die and i want to give it my all i want it the way that i see it happening and i want no barriers anymore and and i have the the ability to do so because i've seen it done in other settings like my dad did it with his business and I was like, okay. And he just did this three years ago. You know, he, he, he asked me like, how do you think about this move? And it was a big gamble, but I was like, Hey man, like if you fail, fuck it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you want to try it? Let's go. Let's go. So yeah, I, su- I supported him. And, and that's what I think sometimes like men, we need, we need that support, you know, that, to say sure. that someone's got your back and for me, it was like Ray, like Ray was a big portion of like, you know, he's older than me. He has way more experience than me. And I, and I look up to him in a lot of things that he's done. But to me, my biggest thing was like, like, are we even ready? And I think he said, I don't know, but I feel ready. No, you never like, I mean, 
I feel like you're never ready, but you just have to do it. You know, I think even like we're making this podcast. Yeah. It's like I was talking to Zenny last week and she was like, your editing looks so much better now than it used to mm-hmm. with like the video clips more so mm-hmm. and i was like yeah bro we know what the fuck we were doing we were just shooting like <laughs> horizontal clips and slapping text on it and being like throw it up on instagram <laughs> i was like now we're like let's get those super inputs captions let's shoot vertical yeah. let's like slow our frame rate down to, to 24 instead of 30 when we export and now there's like all these different thoughts that go into it but it's like you're never ready you just learn on the fly and make it happen i think you put your energy into it like it's a first project, but you also keep trying to update it. Mm, that's a big one, man, because this this you know adventure of of starting it, it's been it truly has been a roller coaster, bro. Like yeah. there are some weeks where we meet with the right people, we connect, we partner, this and that. And come Friday, you know, I, I'm with Ray and I'm like, oh shit. It was a dope ass week. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's weeks where like rejection, 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 this, that, blah, 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 whatever it may be, flat tire, this and that. And then yeah. we end up we're like, ah, oh, fuck this shit. And then, we, then the next week it goes back on, you know, like, fuck, dude. But I love it, man. Like, I truly do. And yesterday I was with some of the kids that we work with and I was just driving them back home and I was like, oh. You know, th- these are these are like the good moments. You know, as, as I finished dropping them home, I was like, Okay, like I can't lose sight of why I'm doing this, and every once in a while, like those kids bring it back to like the reason I do it. So, you know, which then kind of brings me to another side of the sacrifices is like, like short term versus long term sacrifices, and mm-hmm. how that like affects uh, us growing up. You know, yeah. I think. Um, like, a big one for me, a big one for me is school, you know? Yeah. You know, I think, I'll be honest, like, a lot of the, a lot of the school came naturally to me, because I don't know why, but, like, math was not my subject, right? Me neither. So, bro, I, I sucked at fucking math. Like I, I was good until eighth grade, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was good until geometry. Well, after geometry, bro, trig, pre-calc, calc. Yeah. Nah. The minute more letters started getting introduced and numbers, I was like, Mm-mm, "Yeah, this shit ain't for me." I still don't know how to do sine, cosine, tangent. Like, bro, why do we even need that? I couldn't tell you. I'm not an engineer. I'm like, not, I don't know, bro. So, all of that to say is like, okay, like history, English, um, fucking Spanish. What are the classes that I take? Uh, science. Even science wasn't that bad for me. Yeah, yeah. But math, for some reason, bro. Oh my god. But, you know, I knew that my mom, so when I went to Whitney Young, I knew that my mom would not get pissed at me as long as I had good grades. And it's not like I was fucking, you know, rebellious and whatnot. I was just like, you know, Whitney Young was uh, an hour drive away or an hour uh, bus ride, train ride, whatever. Bus ride, train, yeah. Yeah. Um, And if I wanted to hang out with my friends or go out with my girlfriend or whatever it is, like, to have her be at ease, like, I needed to get, like, A's and B's, right? Yeah, yeah. And that math class was always like itching at me. Like, fuck. Like, if I get a C, yeah. my mom would just be like, nah, you're not, you're not trying hard enough. So you got to get your ass back home at this time to keep trying. Yeah. So yeah. what I did was, bro, like every morning I would get to school a little bit earlier 
and just study math. Like, I would just be in the library and just focus on math, focus on math. Like, I would purposefully, like, fall behind on subjects that I knew I was good at. Yeah. To make sure that I was caught up on math. For and sure. I did that for all four, well, three years. No, I did math four years. Yeah, four years of high school. Yeah. I, I just sucked at it. Like, trig sucked. Same. But I was like, you know what? There has to be a way to get that. It's, it just meant hard work. You know, the, yeah. the, the formula isn't hard. You know, yeah. it's you put in the work, you put in the work the way that your brain can retain it. And guess what? The results will come. But it's not going to come in a week. It's going to come months and months and months at work. Mm-hmm. And it did. You know, I ended up, dude, <laughs> Miss, uh, Miss Chabra, I still remember her name. Miss Chabra, I got a, well, I guess what's the borderline of BC? B minus C plus no, but what's the 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 number point? I think it's like oh, eighty like, four, something like that. Yeah, like depends 80, what scale you use, but yeah. yeah, I think we were at the eighty five to ninety two scale was a B, and I had an eighty four point like three. Ah damn! You know, and bro, I I I just looked at my shower like, you gotta admit, I tried my hardest. Yeah, and she was like, but you didn't get there. <laughs> And I was like, come on, Missy, help a brother out. And she looked at me through. She was this like five foot one lady. She had to be, she looked like she was 84, but she had the energy of a 50 year old. Yeah. And I was like, come on, Missy. And I had her as my homeroom teacher Mm -hmm. too. And I was like, I'm going to keep doing this every day. (laughs) (laughs) Are you harassing this teacher? (laughs) Bro, she like laughed a little bit there and I knew I had her. Yeah. And she was like, I'll round up. And I was like, yo, you're a real one. That's a big round, bro. Point three. No, no, no. See, here's the way I see it. Here's the way I see it. I see that she round up to the point five. Yeah. Which then automatically rounds up to the Yeah, that's fair. You know, so I yeah. didn't I asked for point two of a round. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the point five just automatically does it. For sure. For you sure. Know? So um, so yeah. Uh I, I got a B and, and mom was happy. and But what I'm trying to hit at is when I get the question from kids is like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And my answer is just, just work hard. Like they see it like so, like I'm bullshitting them. But I don't think it's bullshit. I mean, even like you, like when I see you do like these workouts, you would make it look easy. Well, it's just hard as fuck. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? How long have you been doing this for? I mean, consistently, like the last like seven, eight years. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Like, and then you sent me a video of um, you know some podcast growth channel. Yeah. 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 And how long have they did? Five, six years. And it's like exactly success does not come overnight. I don't care how it happens. Like, it, you gotta work hard. It's that simple. I'm actually gonna challenge you on that. Uh, here's why. Um, this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And I think it applies really well to today. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people who can work hard, but they can't focus. Um, I'm not even going to go with the whole work smart, not hard route. Like, I feel like it's a little too cliche and it doesn't really, people don't understand it well. But something that occurs to me all the time, especially when I'm when I'm like working, and I think it makes it really easy when you work from home. There'll be times where I'm I'm told I have to submit like four things for four different deadlines, but they're all within like a couple days. And me, I'm over here like, fuck, 
I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna get this done. Like I'm out here stressing. But when my mind is really clear, I can knock out all four things in like two hours. Mm -hmm. However, though, I feel like there's so, so many distractions uh, that it's just really, it's just really hard, especially where we're at in today's society. So what I mean by that is our parents didn't have no like social media to be scrolling on all day Mm -hmm. and to be looking at. And And I feel like we're also just so surrounded by what everyone else is doing at all points in times, which is also an extension of social media. And I'm not blaming social media as a culprit by any means, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is there's so many different distractions. Okay. So there's the going out to the club uh, for people like our age, going out to the bar, doing this, doing that. And I think there's people who actually will work hard and do it on a consistent basis, but they're just not limiting the distractions, right? So what I mean by that is work hard 100%, but find where you have that really focused channel time where you just lock in. Because even when I am, you know, working out, there's there's times where I'm working out and I'm going through the motions and there's times where I'm like locked in and I'm feeling like every single sensation. You're feeling that muscle twitch. You're feeling that muscle fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, you're feeling the contract contraction this there. Um and I think a challenge right now for a lot of people is how do I get to that place? Cause there are some times where I'm like looking back and, uh, even how much I've grown in, uh, all my jobs to, to the current one I have now where I was like, wow, I would spend like five hours doing this one document that now I can do in like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it took me a while to get to that 30 minute spot where I can crank it out. And the five hour version is just as good as the 30 minute version now. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is it becomes work hard, but also figure out how do I use my time efficiently? And I think that's a really big challenge for people nowadays. Yeah. Efficiency is always good. Um, but I think you needed to go through that five hour motion to get to the 30 minute motion, right? You do. You know, yeah, and you I do. think those long tedious hours now, I mean, the classic Picasso story, right? Where he was at the restaurant, old lady came up to him and said, hey, would love if you could just sketch a quick thing and sign it on the napkin. Mm. And, you know, Picasso did his thing in like 60 seconds, I think. Mm. And old lady went to go get the napkin and dude was like, "Uh, this is $10,000. And she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, You just did it in front of me, like. Some bunch of boxes and shit. It's like, nah, like, this is my life's work right here. Mm-hmm. Like, pay me my worth. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. he went through his shit. And now he can do shit in, like, a minute. You know? And yeah. you used to take a long time, and now you can do it in five. Um, <clears throat> but I think to your point of, like, it, it's hard nowadays to stay focused. I think it's, again... Like finding your, the, you got to figure yourself out too. Yeah, you, know, you got to yeah. figure out who who am I as a worker, and how what is the best way to tackle problems that I can get done. Like for me, I, I'm with you on the whole like, you know, I can do X Y Z in five hours, but I can also do it in thirty minutes. And I figured out that for me, it's I need deadlines, bro. Like I need deadlines. Mm-hmm. I need, or I need a pressure of like seeing, uh, of disappointing, almost like disappointing something. Like, yeah, like yeah. I'll, I'll hit up like a friend and be like, 
hey, I'm going to get X doc. Like, they're not even in, like a random friend that has nothing to do with my job. You know, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to send you a document that I want you to see uh, tomorrow. And they're like, uh, okay. And you're like, I just want you to, like, text me that you want to see the document. And to me, it's like, I now I need to deliver the document to a random person. Mm, and that's, me, that's the way I do it. Like, I found out that for yeah. me, it's like, if I promise someone something, I got to get it done. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's that's how it works for me. Other people, they're really good at just nine to five, just knowing that they work from nine to five. They're gonna get their shit done from nine to five, and I admire those people because they they just like put a switch and they just go into work mode. Yeah. But the minute five o'clock comes, it's like eh, that's it. That's true. Yeah. I feel like it depends where you're at, where your job. I yeah. think a lot of jobs mm-hmm. nine to five is not really a thing anymore. You uh, think so? Well, I think for us, it's not though. For a lot of newer jobs, for like, or at least where we're at, you know. Yeah, no, the, the marketing world, it's not, it's never nine to five. It might have been nine to five at one point, but now. Back, back with uh, the Mad Men era. Yeah. Advertising <laughs> and shit. Yeah. yeah. No, but dude, I don't even think even for them, bro. Let me tell you why. Like, imagine you're uh, Don Draper. Yeah. Did you watch the show? I mean, not really, but understand. Yeah. I, I have like background context. Yeah. yeah. So imagine you're Don Draper. Your whole job is to create commercials, right? Yeah. And obviously, he pitches them to like Lucky Strikes and Coca Cola and all these 1950s fucking companies, right? Um, cool. They pitch nine to five. He gets out. He smokes whiskey. Or smokes whiskey. He smokes cigars. <laughs> smokes cigars. <laughs> drinks whiskey. Yeah. Um, but dude, even after work, all he's doing is like looking around him and figuring out like, oh shit. That person does this. That person does that. He writes down ideas. Like maybe it's not in the same format that we do it. Yeah. But in order to be the best, which he was in the show, he was always thinking about advertising. Always, always, always. That's true. Even after he hooked up with a girl, he was like, "So why do you smoke with this and not like this?" And <laughs> and not be like, "Bro, you just like <laughs> just slept with someone. You're asking her about her smoking habits." Yeah. Like that's a committed man to the craft. That's real. You know? Um, but yeah, man, you know, I, I think uh I think, you know, as long as you have a good sight of like what you're trying to do, figure out how you do it and 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 be comfortable with sacrifices because that's the best way to to um ensure you reach those goals, you know. Hundred percent. Um I do think uh in a generational context, though, the way we talk about sacrifice as brown people can sometimes become toxic to a fault. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was having a conversation uh, with my partner the other day, and I think a lot of immigrants and children of immigrants, you know, struggle with this very heavily, but even others, too. You know, I don't necessarily be an immigrant to relate to this, but uh, with the immigrant narrative, it's the, oh, uh, we... We came to this country, we started a family, we did all this for you, mm-hmm. which you, you didn't choose to be born, you know? Yeah. You know, no. you, you didn't ask. You were just. <laughs> um, None of us asked. Yeah. Yeah, nobody asked to be born. So then that raises the question it's like, when someone's telling you that, is it really for you? But, uh-huh. you know, take a step further. Um, it, but it sounds like a noble thing to say. And it sounds like, you know, a very altruistic thing. It's like, oh, they did all this for me. Um, and you're like, oh, well, I have to, you know, prove myself and show my worth. I can't disappoint my family, mm-hmm. which is also, you don't want to disappoint your family. They're your family, mm-hmm. which is totally understandable. But I think 
what I'm saying though is sometimes when that message is said over and over again, which it very much is in uh in Latino culture, I feel like mm-hmm. it just really becomes hard if you are that child trying to prove prove your worth, and then it has to the point where you're like, all right, what is what if this is for me and what if this is for them? But even look at it in a more more generational context, there's that quote. I don't like this quote at all. If, if you like this quote and you listen to this, I'm sorry, but you can cancel me afterwards. But there's that quote, <laughs> I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. That quote is bullshit. Now, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Hear me out. Hear me out. Our ancestors did not have wild dreams. That's that's first and foremost. I can tell you that for a fact. I can tell you that for a fact. Last week, for example, when, uh, we, when I was here talking to my seventh and eighth grade teacher she told me that her her real goal was just to get a degree well those are the goals too but she said that was like that was like at the top like that was the primary goal yeah um and that's not an ancestor that's somebody who's like a generation uh, who's maybe like 15 years older than me no she's a little younger than that but in the 10 to 15 year range so not even someone a lot older than me but what i'm saying is that goes to show and i've heard a lot of people say that that's her goal, you know, to get a degree. So that's yeah. why I'm bringing this this reference up, this example. That's not that wild of a dream when you really think about it. Um, and I think, you know, when you're looking at the ancestors, your wildest dream might have been having a good meal, you know? Uh, I'm not I'm not trying to put down the ancestors, <laughs> but no, nah, like seriously, because I think the dream... It's, it's a hard IG caption, though. I mean... Yeah, it's a very, it's a very uh, cliche IG yeah, caption. Yeah, like it's a very, it's a very, uh, <laughs> it's a universally recognized phrase. Yeah. Um, yeah. but that's what I'm saying, and I think, <laughs> you know, even when I'm talking to my, when I'm talking to like my parents or people that are mm-hmm. around my parents' age, they'll be talking to me about like, oh, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done this, and it's yeah. usually not even like that crazy of a thing that they're wishing they would have done. Yeah. Um. Like my dad, for example, always be like, I really wish I would have like moved to New York and became a boxing trainer because he like loves boxing, mm. like loves it. And that that would be dope, 100%, you know, living the dream when you're being a boxing trainer. But even I don't even look at that and being like, oh, that's like way up there, like mm. on this crazy pedestal. Um, so what I'm saying is what the way I look at it is a lot of generations before weren't even allowed to dream that big in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as generations continue and continue, we will get allowed to dream bigger and bigger as we make what's hopefully a more natural progression in society. But I think we need to really think about the language um, and not just the language of that, that quote, but also just like the language of sacrifice. It's like I was talking to my friend Miguel a few years back and uh, I was like, you know what, what really always gets to me and like just rubs me the wrong way? You always hear black and brown people saying, I'm, I'm sacrificing for the next generation. I'm doing this for you, especially if you're an older sibling, especially if you're a parent. Mm-hmm. And that's dope. You should want your kids to do to do better than you did. You should want your younger brother, your younger sister, whatever, to do better than you did. Mm-hmm. However, however, um, you should also want a lot for yourself and you should want you should want big things for yourself your your sacrifice shouldn't come at the cost of you and that's more so what i'm getting at i think i think sometimes that's what happens a lot and then you're 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 50 60 70 years old talking about what if i would have done that 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always going to be reasons for why you could or couldn't. But that's what I'm getting at. I just think it's really important that we all try for what it is we want to do. And we make the sacrifices to get there, but we don't, we also don't let the sacrifices for others completely eliminate it from being a possibility in the first place. Yeah. And I, you know, we briefly touched on it as, um, well, before we recorded, um, you know, when can we stop sacrificing and just live? Right. That was the, that was kind of like the main message, right? When, when can we just live? When can we just be? That's what I'm saying. It's like, like white people, like they, they ain't saying that shit. Like, at least not, at least not like people in like big cities. Like here, I'm not talking about like, if you're, uh, getting out the mud in the South and you, and you pour out here, I'm talking about like a lot of people, white people I'm seeing in Chicago. It's like, they just live. They just live, bro. They live their best life, right? That's what they say, right? And when do we get to just live? Well, that's that's the thing, though. That's the thing. Think about it this way also. Like, this is where I'm challenging you now. I think that's going to take a long time. And we're mm-hmm. not, not going to see that. Like, here's the thing. If, if you chose live versus when Stacy chose lives, it's a completely different um scenario because stacy doesn't have to worry about or she does it's not even a thought in her head to worry about her younger sister because her younger sister will be just as fine right mm-hmm. whereas you well you don't have a younger sibling right mm-hmm. but let's say you did if your younger sibling is struggling you almost struggle with that person for sure because you know the repercussions of failure yeah. versus if Stacy and her sibling fail, they'll be okay. Yeah. We don't have that luxury yet. For sure. But I think it takes this, uh, uh, what, do, what do we call it? The, um, this altruistic. Altruistic when yeah. you're like getting from, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This altruistic thinking that we have to get to that space. Yeah. Because the more we do that as a whole, the less in the future we'll see it. But here's the thing, bro. I, we're not going to see it. Like, our kids aren't going to see it either. Like, I think we're generations away from us now just living and being, as they say. No, you're right. And I think, I think I'm think i saying this. And I'm not saying that I even believe in this wholeheartedly yeah. myself. Uh-huh. Like, there's times where I'm like, damn, I'm living in a poverty mindset. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not living in poverty. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, I've had, like, two recent work trips where i could expense whatever the fuck i want on the company mm-hmm. like obviously don't get like yeah don't get a fucking, reason don't get like a 20 dollar steak like don't do some dumb shit yeah. but like i can go get a hundred dollar dinner for me i mean I, I don't know i haven't done it yet but <laughs> <laughs> but what i'm saying is like i can definitely go get myself a nice meal i can get myself you don't even eat steak though well that was just an example oh, but was... <laughs> why, why you gotta cut me off no, man, 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 man. but no what i'm saying is i can get myself <laughs> i can get myself a drink an appetizer an entree and dessert for myself yeah and you know what i fucking do i, I go to these places i'm on these trips and i go to fucking pop belly and taco bell and then i come back and i submit that receipt for like eight dollars yeah. and then i'm looking i'm submitting it and i'm like why the fuck did i do that why the fuck did i go get a nice dinner and that's what I'm saying. It's because I feel like 
it's still that mindset of like, oh, I'm sacrificing. Oh, I'm, uh, I gotta do this, this, and this. I don't want, I don't want the company to think I'm out here doing bullshit, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And, and what I'm getting at is that until we break that mindset, until we dream bigger for ourselves, the next generation can't even dream bigger at all. Okay. Dream bigger for themselves. Okay. That's all I got, though. Right. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, just, I'm processing. I'm probably But no, I, I see what you mean now. I see what you mean. I think this is all new to us, though. It's all new to us. Very new. And and that's why I, I, I strongly believe in uplifting other people in that are entering this space that are like you, you know? Yeah. That's Nathan that joins the company, you know? Yeah. Like bring them yeah. up with you and be like, hey, bro, like, this is... Maybe like maybe you don't you've never been in a corporate setting. All right, let me teach you like how I have, what I have learned over the, my past year here. And yeah, this is what I think would be best. You know, work practices for you, because okay, now that you're in that position, yeah. Whether I mean, I mean, you don't have to do this. Nobody has to do anything. No, but no. if you do, at least pass off these notes and experiences that you've learned over the time then the next nathan the next ernesto that comes up has it easier exactly you know? and i think even like that 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 expense shit you know yeah Did anybody like tell you like bro why the fuck are you eating pop-ups no one told me that uh-huh. but it's funny because uh a couple months ago i was in vegas and i was staying at uh the Aria, yeah, one of like the nicest hotels I've ever stayed in my entire life. Great poker room in there. They do. Yeah. They have a great casino in general. Yeah, but uh, not to distract. Mm-hmm. But like, also part of me, don't be wrong. I was actually very pressed about like getting my actual work done, so that that's why I went to go to a convenience spot that was cheap. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was just like, damn, I could have just got a nice dinner because I remember I came back to my boss is like, oh, did you eat anywhere crazy? You eat eat any good food? And I was like, nah. <laughs> And I was like, damn. I was like, I'm out here living this broke mindset. I was like, I really need to challenge myself. You know, that's crazy, bro, because when it comes to like that specific scenario, uh, I got invited a year ago by a company to go with them. It was like a conference, right? Yeah. And they gave us a stipend uh, for that. And then they, they said, well, comp your meals. And the way that, that I when when I hear comp meals, I'm like, I, I before I'm like, what's the limit? And they were like, oh, like two fifty a day. Yeah. And I was like, I, right, I'm gonna use two fifty. Like that's the thing though. So like when I was working, I used to actually work off per diem when I yeah. when I did moving. So yeah. when I would move, when I was moving somewhere that was like out of state mm. for work, or moving somewhere that was like far away, like mm-hmm. still in state but a couple hours, mm-hmm. they'd be like, yeah, per diem, you could spend like. Forty dollars for lunch mm-hmm. or forty dollars for dinner. When I have the per diem, I'd be like, "Oh, I have this yeah. number I'm bound to." You're gonna. But now I'm in this. Now there's no per diem. It's just like, "Oh, just do what you want." So when I'm like actually like more so yeah. made to think for myself, okay. I can't pull myself to making the mm. the bougier choice, and I end up making the cheaper choice. Interesting. That is mentality, though. That's, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's right. a poverty mindset. Yeah. Well, shit, man. Sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we got some 
Oh, what do we got? We got some, uh, an interesting pod in the next couple weeks that we're going to hopefully get together and, and make it like fun and interesting. A little, maybe a little spicy. A little bit. Yeah. But, but yeah, man, it was good to be back. Um, you know, we'll, we'll keep at it. Yeah. Let's, uh, thank our sponsors. Uh, hit a body a moment. Shout out to our sponsors out of pocket. Cause this podcast is out of my pocket. Still is. Um, body moment. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, I was driving back home from work. Yeah. And I was, I, I was, where was I? I never heard of that term. But I guess it might be North Lawndale. Yeah, maybe. North Lawndale area. Yeah, yeah. Um, and dude was, it was like a bunch of guys like chilling in the parking lot, drinking some beers. You know, whatever. That's, yeah. That's not the very regular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I could I could tell that this dude was the funny one from the group. Yeah. Uh, because he like everybody's in a U shape around him. He's telling this story. I'm driving. Okay, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> yeah. he's saying. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck he's saying, but he's yeah. I, I'm like at the red light, and I just look at this guy telling this what I assume to be the greatest story ever told, <laughs> and I, like I don't know if. I don't know where this fucking vacuum came from, but there was a vacuum right behind him, and he starts showing them with the vacuum what's happening. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And this was like on a Wednesday fucking evening, bro, like 6 yeah. p.m. Yeah. Like the guy's drinking some brewskis, and the guy telling a story with a random vacuum in an alley. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Oh, like, only in the hood, bro. Yeah. Only in the hood do you see this shit. And like all the, it was like seven of them, bro. They were like laughing their ass off. Yeah. And I was like, I, I could just, I wish I could, I could have heard that story. Like that had to be a yeah. funny ass story. No, for real. Nah, for me, uh, it was actually happened yesterday. I was, uh, I was hooping with my guy Derek, uh, that I work with, and uh, you know, we regularly, we regularly go to hoop um, by like. 18th Estate, there's that little park there that they just yeah. renovated in the past year. Decent blacktop. And uh, th- there's been a couple instances where there's like some random like activity going on, but like, nothing too crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there was one time there was a fight, but we've all seen a fight on a basketball court. Yeah, yeah. You've seen like. It's heated. But no, this is like 15 minutes of like kids just play fighting. Yeah. But like taking up all of one half of the court. So just- like. Like me and the guys I'm playing with, yeah. we're just playing 32, you know, yeah. on our side of the court. Yeah. And then every time we just turn around, like these kids, like they start taking their shirt off, start puffing their shoulders yeah. off, walking like this and shit. <laughs> I think one of them had the push icy on. Push icy shirtless. They just start like swinging at each other, but like you could tell they weren't like actually yeah, like yeah. like fighting, fighting. Yeah. But they would just be like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> and I was. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, like literally using half a court to do this. Like, they need the space. <laughs> no, nah, you're right. The space. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, damn, they're lucky that like the police station over there don't really be patrolling because like the police station is literally yeah, like, street, right? Oh, yeah, you're street. right. You're right. I was like, I just don't want them to get caught up on not no uh, bullshit with the yeah, cops. True, true, true. But yeah, for like 15 minutes, they're just play fighting. Yeah. So like, it was funny. You like hit a shot and turn around and be like, oh, does yeah. <laughs> anybody get a shot in? The kids are funny as hell, man. They're... You ever want inspiration on like creativity shit just speak with kids that's true the fucking they just they're just creative with no agenda yeah that's hard creative with no 
right, man. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. We'll be here back next week. And uh, y'all take it easy. Take it easy. Peace. Peace.